Folks, welcome back when we are live at the Nipissing International Speedway here for the Laker 500. And it has all come down to this, folks. The final lap, we got Nathan Glass piling the 19 Lake Dogs car in the outside lane on turn two, trying to take over the tumultuous number three car piloted by Salt and Vinegar Samard himself and the Miss Vicky's car down there below in that inside lane. He's causing up a stir. He's driving like he's back home in his dad's Miata. He's over there taking us down there the final straight away folks and it's all come down to this a little bit of wind in their hair i can tell you that from here folks we got a show tonight this is gonna be the greatest sporting spectacle north of tallahassee folks i hope you're just taking it in for what this is we're coming here and it looks like it's gonna be salty summer in the three car folks taking home the lakerland 500 first inaugural running folks we got ourselves an action-packed show for you today so hold on to your seats tonight it's the Lake Show. What else do you want to know? Welcome back. Episode 13 of the Lake Show. Popsy baby boy and your man Salty at it again here. Happy to be back. It's going to be a, it's crunch time here, folks. Hope you're sharpening your pencils, getting your butt in the library. Time to hit the books. Time to open your eyes and start studying, read a book, sleep at night. Because exams are coming in hot. And I don't think you're ready. So listen to me, your man, and just get the heck out there and start doing something for yourself. Holy moly. Do, you have to, do I have to tell you? It's crazy. Anyway, Salty, how are you? Enough of that. I'm great, man. I'm just so happy I don't have to be in the exam grind anymore. Well, I guess I do have two exams, but it's not the same. It's not the same as your undergrad. No, yeah, well, if, and if you are in that grind, bite your lip and get it done. Anyway, we got a little bit of a, a little bit of a different episode here today. We, uh, you know, we were fighting with a couple people trying to get some guests. No, we weren't fighting, but it's just sometimes hard with our schedules, you know, doing different things. Salty's yeah. are guiding the young, molding minds. <laughs> and obviously that uh, comes into play when we're trying to get this thing organized. So I ended up uh, using some of my personal connections to get a good friend of mine and uh, former athlete and uh, current student here, uh, Nathan Glass, to join us. So I guess we might as well just introduce him because he is sitting right beside me. And we're going to do a little different style episode this week where he's just going to join us for the whole duration of the show, folks. Welcome to Nathan Glass, my man. How you doing today? Hey, man, the best six option in the game. What can I say? I don't even know what that means, but I love it. <laughs> Folks, I love it. Um, this is my buddy Glasser here. Glasser's joining us. Um, I guess we, I, I want to go right to uh, essentially how we first met. and uh, What a time that was. So Glasser is also <laughs> in his fourth year. We are both 1994 birth years, so we were coming into the university ranks of hockey at the same time. And uh, it was around Christmas time, and I get told that a new player is joining us on the Lakers team. And this, you know, this frequently happens in hockey. You know, you, the guy comes free, you know, and he can't get, you know, into school till the second semester. So this was Glasser's case. He gets going. And in Glasser's case, was a little unique, though, because he hadn't played hockey. Was it two years? Two, uh, yeah, about two years, about two years. So about two full years, he hadn't, like, 
played any sort of like competitive hockey at all, I doubt you'd even skated once, probably. Eh? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So not a chance. Austin's making his comeback, and it's the first time I've ever met him. We're on our first skate back from Christmas break, which in my eyes is bad enough as it is, even if you're playing. And Glasser hasn't been on the ice in two years. Glasser throws up seven times in the first skate back from Christmas. Seven times. I'm not even making that number up. <laughs> we literally counted it, and we have multiple backings on this seven times. So no, this is legit. Like when the first time you guys said the story, I was like, ah, seven K are they going, you know what oh, I mean? No, like over under. Like story salty. Like I've never I never it was like it was like a movie. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Like he would literally he <laughs> I could still see him. He, he had his upper body in a huge garbage can. Like the whole, his whole upper body would be leaned over in the can and he'd come back out like trying to go for another lap. We'd be like clapping our sticks, like got a boy glasser, go for one more lap of the drill, right back out the gate, right back to the bucket gassing himself grinding salty grinding man <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself like what happened all right this is getting a little misconstrued you know let me bring this out here it was something in the water and had nothing to do with me not working out for two years yeah exactly <laughs> oh, not working out for two years not getting off the couch for two years probably <laughs> hey man i was nationally ranked in nhl 15 though <laughs> come on were you actually no you <laughs> <laughs> got it me he got it me. Was awesome because no glass it was in Glasser did. It was crazy. He like was puking seven. Went from puking seven times to you know you played most of the games the second half there. Yeah, I played five days later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's oh, my oh my. Yeah. Against McGill. Yeah. Right up to speed. Oh my yeah, god. Home game. <laughs> How did that feel? How did it feel, buddy? I, I honestly I can't even remember. It was like I was in a haze the whole time. I was so out of breath. <laughs> that's amazing and then what's also funny too is so like glasser was you know tell him a bit about like your hockey so glasser is a little unique and especially being at nipissing it's a little hilarious because he's from florida yeah um growing up my dad played so he kind of got me into and he was my coach growing up and you know obviously it's not big down there so i kind of had the same group of friends that i still talk to since i was three four years old so i was lucky enough to get drafted to the ohl and which led me to go play in the NOJHL from when I was 16 in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, which is a little bit different from where I was from. Uh, I think I was You're going like, the, snow, the snow capital. <laughs> like that was the first place I ever lived away from home. So that was pretty Jeez. miserable. Uh, and then I went to Erie, which if you've ever been there, you won't see the sun. So that place is a lot better. You played with Connor McDavid in Erie when he first came into the OHL. Yeah, yeah, back when he Did was you? 15. Yeah, so Glasser, when McDavid was a rookie, his first year of exemptional status, Glasser played with him the whole year. Come on. I, didn't, I had no idea. I never heard and that. I've, I remember to this day, because like I was from Florida, so I didn't really know about McDavid. Like I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know about the Toronto scene, like the market yeah, yeah. and that stuff. So people were saying like McDavid, he's exceptional status. And I was like, all right, like how good could this guy be? By far the first training camp, he was the best kid I've ever seen in my life. Hands down, oh God. Hand, at 15 and like we had guys who were first round picks on the team and he was like night and day better than them at 15 i think his first like 20 games of the year he had a point and we only won like three or four games oh my god how was he as a teammate yeah. like how was he as a guy in the room unbelievable guy hands down one of the best guys i've ever met in my life like super humble great guy loves Jeez. to have a good time when you want when he wants to you know like he's just yeah. a, all around great person. Can't say enough good things. What about are you hoping him. he hears this? You're trying to get some tickets? <laughs> Holy 
tone it down a lot. They floored him next month, all right? I didn't like, jeez, I think you were telling me you love him. Um, I think that's hilarious, though. Did you only play with the the one year when he was 15? Oh, uh, I played with him when he was 15, and then um, they were doing a thing where they got all the cancers out of the locker room, and then that's when I got punched the flag and off. Okay, anyway, well, uh, now we're at home, but uh, but then you played in Saginaw. Did you play what is it? You played two years in Saginaw? Um, played about a year. I played about a year and a half in Erie, and then about a year in Saginaw. I was always getting dealt around that December deadline. Did you just know like you had your, your yeah, stuff packed ready to go? About a year, it was a grace period, and then they were like, All right, this kid's a lost cause, we need him out of here. His bag, he's showing up in the room, sticks are all taped up, <laughs> plane ticket on his bag. Um, oh, plane ticket, buddy. I got the Greyhound bus. <laughs> The 20 for gas. Like, here's a quarter tank. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I hated the Greyhound. For the eight hour ride. <laughs> Get yourself some coffee, maybe a little bit of gas. Get you halfway to Erie. You're on your own. Um, you played only for American teams in the O, right? I know, but, uh, but I played uh, for Sherbrooke in the Q, so I got that. Oh, yeah. So, side. yeah, then he actually, yeah, he made the jump to the Q and he played a full wow. Q as well, right? Yeah. That's yeah, hilarious. in order for that to happen, every team, the OHL, has to think you're a big enough loser not to take <laughs> on their team. So that's how you go to the queue if you're wondering. Okay, before we move on to some other uh, some other stuff here, I just want you to see if you could rank your – I mean, how many spots did you land in? Four or five in, like, the uh, queue? Can four. you rank them or four. would that be too four. hard? Yeah. Uh, if you're including Sue. Well, I'm, I'm counting Sue, right? Yeah, yeah. Rank them. Yeah. Salty, I'm not even joking, brother. If you could, if there was a Mount Rushmore of the U.S., I can't say that. <laughs> just say, just say, like, if you could, if, if you could, like, okay, find, all right, all right I, I got you. Say, got if you there. could find the bu- Danny, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get it. Are you playing the biggest dump in the yeah. USA? Just say that. If, if there was a Mount Rushmore for no, garbage sh- places to live in the U.S., you know, like I really did a, a great tour with that. Triple you know, header. Yeah, seriously, it was a real triple, triple header. If you ever been to, uh, to Erie's, so I'll go by each city. So Sault Ste. Marie, um, the snow capital of the world, 10,000 people, native reserve. I had a great time there. Don't get me wrong. But would I ever go back? Absolutely not. <laughs> so that place is, is one of a kind. Then I go to Erie. Another Again, I had a great time there, but you just don't see the sun. I'm not even joking. It's permanent overcast for lead exporters depression. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, I'm not like that's so then I'm like, okay, I go to Saginaw. I, I'm seeing the sun at least. I'm kind of happy. Yeah. And then I look at the murder report. Saginaw's number one in the US for the murder rate. So I'm like, oh, wow. So at least I'm going to a safe place now. So then after all of those places that I had to go to, I finally got my like, my my reward going to Sherbrooke because Sherbrooke was unbelievable. It was so much fun, man. Like really? actually like playing junior hockey in a Canadian place, like by far it was Sherbrooke was number one and the rest aren't even on the list. <laughs> okay, good to know. Some strong opinions there from Glasgow. Yeah, wow. I mean, I've been holding that one in for a while. Hey, man, am I not allowed to do this? Like, I no, I just what I'm no. Here for. That's exactly oh, what, what you want. Yeah. You think you're going to tear apart every city you ever lived in prior to the North Bay? <laughs> I said I had a good time there. That's true. That's fair. I was just going back onto that. Like, you played in two different major junior leagues. Like, was the OHL a lot different than the Quebec League? Um, yeah, it was. In the traditional way that most people say, the Quebec League is obviously a lot more skilled. You know, the kids are quicker and faster, but they obviously don't hit as much. There's not as much fighting and, and gritty type of game. But I will say, like, 
I think kids from the queue, just judging from from team workouts, they work out and train a lot harder than than OHL boys do. I think in the OHL a lot, at least when I was playing in it, you know, not everybody was going super hard in the gym. When I went to the queue, it was mandatory workouts at 7 a.m. Like they really go hard, and I've really? heard it's like that throughout the league. That's like I guess that's obviously a difference for sure, and. I think it's cool that you you know a lot of lot a lot of guys get to play major junior and let alone get to see two leagues. So yeah, you well, know, not that you were a suitcase, but you got to see a couple towns. And I think that's <laughs> almost a good thing. Yeah, it, honestly, the I look at it now, I'm so fortunate that I got to to meet new teammates and go see new cities. Like I mean, it's just memories that I'll always have. Something you only get to do once, so it's it's good you did. And then what'd you find like when you finally like not only were you coming back from a two-year hiatus you're like essentially going from junior hockey to playing you know in the OUA playing U sports like what, what kind of a jump was that and like what do you have to say about the league when you were in it and like what what your thoughts of the level of hockey that you know U sports brings um to be completely honest I didn't know that it was going to be as good as it was um I thought I, I just had no idea when I came up here and, and I started playing in the games you know the competitive level is really good for U sports and I think that's so understated at least in the u.s because most people don't even know about u sports like we know about division one. Oh, don't even you get know. me started on that yeah um but the, the competitive hockey i mean it's definitely you're playing against men so it's quicker than the ohl was but you know it, it was great like it was really good hockey and i had a lot of fun playing on the team yeah absolutely i was kind of mad when you stopped playing because we had a good time but i'm glad you're still around and so now that you're i don't know should we transition to a little academia if we will we can come back to all the hockey stuff after but you're uh current so you went to the, you were doing the pre-law kind of thing and then when you came to nipissing you did business and so what what are you taking in business finance finance so that's your stream and and you're like that's so you're doing your finance and then you're already in law school for next year yeah uh, yeah i got accepted into to law school about 15 minutes from my house so i'll be going there next year but uh what i'm hoping i'm actually i don't even want to be a lawyer i'm just going there to hope <laughs> hopefully it'll better be in the business world and kind of help differentiate myself that way that's awesome uh where are you from exactly from florida glasser oh uh, like 20 minutes from fort lauderdale oh nice i was just yeah. down there all the way beautiful to the what's it called again weston weston nice i was just in uh, vero beach oh man that place is unreal yeah that's sweet <clears throat> that place is unreal i mean honestly that it's tough to find a bad place in florida Oh yeah, exactly. It's not tough to find bad people in Florida, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got I got a story about actually. So this is gonna sound hilarious, and you guys are gonna make fun of me for this, but we so we actually drove down to Hollywood, Florida. Oh yeah, dude, that's fifteen minutes from my house. Oh okay, sweet. So <laughs> I was in Hollywood, Florida, and we end up in this uh, this neighborhood because we had an Airbnb Airbnb there. Sorry, uh, to watch Tom Segura at the Hard Rock. Yeah, oh, that'd be fun. yeah, dude, the hard rock yeah, so- like my casino. I go there all the time. <laughs> my casino. That's wild. I can't. I okay, so- boat boat there, but go on. It's <laughs> a perfect person to have on. Okay, so we end up at the. I was driving and I'm, I'm turning the corner to where our Airbnb is, and I see a chick in the middle of the road. And for those who don't know, I am deathly afraid of chickens. <laughs> like, come on, it makes no sense. I get made fun of all the time. I don't know where it came from. It must something must have happened to me when I was a child, or <laughs> I got attacked by a chicken. I like, I'd rather see a gorilla sitting there than a chicken. Like, it makes no <laughs> sense. Wait, but... were you in a car? I was in a car, so I turn around and like this chicken's like middle of the road, exactly where Airbnb is. So I was like, hey, like I, I almost like hit another car in the middle of the road because I was I was freaking out. So we finally, I just go park. I was like, okay, like just one chicken or whatever. Like I'll get over it. 
as we're parked there, we we're trying to see where we were going to park for the Airbnb. As <laughs> we're sitting there waiting, like nine of them just come humming around and they're just all circling the car and like walking around the street and everybody's walking around like it's normal. And I'm freaking out like the one animal that I'm afraid of. Well, and they can smell fear. Well, exactly. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they knew. They're just sitting there waiting. So I'm in this car freaking out. <laughs> and like my girlfriend Tori's like obviously getting pissed off because I'm not getting out of the car. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But yeah, that was just funny. It took me forever trying to like muster up the courage to get out of the car and not try and kick one of these chickens. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man, it was wild. The morning we're getting woken up by roosters and stuff. I was like, what is happening? Where am I? Like, I was losing it. Oh bro, that place is oh, like it, with Florida, like it goes city by city. One city could be perfectly fine. Five minutes later, and you're you have no idea. It's a third world country. Yeah, that's what it felt like. The, like the Airbnb was beautiful. <laughs> so just one thing, I have to go back to that. You're telling me you almost lost your Airbnb to a chicken? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nailed it. Like, I feel like you got to make a stand. Yeah, yeah. and I will made, get made fun of for this all the time. And my family, like I, I called my family after too because I was laughing so much about it. And they were dying. But I don't know what it is. I'm, I cannot do chicken. I, I hate it. Chickens, eh? I don't Chicken. know. I think Isn't that weird? That Chickens are definitely like a hilarious animal, though, when they're cutting around. I yeah, feel oh, like they're, they're vicious. They don't want to touch they're you, though, vicious. I feel like. I, that's I feel like they, they could in zone it's coming at you i think that's you, what i'm saying a mindset though like you go to a you go into a room with a dog and you it smells that fear it's gonna come up well yeah you, got, you gotta alpha male the chicken you have to out you yeah have to out, you have to out clock the chicken if you will see i i could not do that and thankfully my girlfriend could because she was pretty much raised well not raised on a farm but she's from the country and she laughed at me and <laughs> was getting pretty frustrated because i was adding like a baby but oh man <laughs> i had to share i had to share the story where would we be without women right like it's exactly Shout out to Tori. Thanks for taking care of my man. Seriously, <laughs> wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't her. I'm so like, <laughs> just like pipes in with like a controversial like tidbit of topic. <laughs> um, well, I just want to tell a good story about me and Glasser. Um, now, nah, just this came to my mind as we're talking. You know, these just pop in your head, and so we were in our second year and. We had just finished the hockey season and unfortunately we just missed playoffs and we were pretty bummed. It came down to the last couple of games and, and, you know, obviously expecting to make it. And so we were kind of bummed and playoffs usually go over reading week. So, you know, you expect to not have a, a reading week to go and, you know, do stuff. So you don't plan anything because, you know, you're presuming you're going to be playing in, in playoffs. So instead of us, you know, just lingering around town, you know, kind of pouting that we didn't, you know, make playoffs and we weren't playing. We decided a couple of us to go on a trip because Glasser has a, a place in Pennsylvania in the Poconos. Um, his parents have a place. So we were going to go down there and spend a couple days. And, and then we were also talking to uh, uh, Taylor Davis, who is a fellow that played on the team as well. We should get him <laughs> on the podcast. Holy, he'd be a good show. <laughs> That'd be but, something. Uh, we, he's from New Jersey. He's from Trenton, New Jersey. So that was kind of by New York city. And we were talking about going to New York city. We'd never been to New York. So we just said, why not? Like, so we just agreed, you know what, whatever, we'll just do it. So we went and did it and we loaded up Glasser's Jeep with me, Chad Thibodeau, uh, Taylor Joseph, myself and Glasser. I was like, I might already said that. And so we went down to the Pennsylvania for a couple of days and then we planned to go over to New York city. And then we were going to meet Taylor Davis and he was going to meet us for the one night. And we were going to hang out in New York, see New York, and then go see some sites. Five, five guys in one hotel room. Five guys in one hotel room. <laughs> Where were you guys in New York city? We stayed at the Roosevelt. The Roosevelt. Yeah. Wow. It was way too nice for us. <laughs> way way, yeah. Wow. It was hilarious. So 
we get we go to Pennsylvania, we get uh, dropped off in Philadelphia, and we grab the train to New York City. And good cheesesteaks. Uh, oh yeah, filled up on a couple legit, like genuine, le- unbelievable Philly cheesesteaks. I recommend flying to Philadelphia for some if you haven't. Gino's cheesesteaks, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> but anyways, we made our way to on the train to Philadelphia. And on the way, we were going to go through New Jersey, and we were going to get Taylor Davis to hop on the train with us. And um, Taylor Davis is actually from Hamilton, New Jersey, but he claims to be from Trenton, New Jersey. If you do see him, there's a good chance he will be wearing a Trentoner die hat. But he is, is he going to hear this Hamilton. and call me out for saying that, saying that he's not from Trenton? Anyways, there's speculation there. He might have to come on there and talk about it himself. But yeah, we'll have to work the beef out. Roll through New Jersey, and we're coming up to the spot where we're about to uh, we're about to find Davy, and we're thinking like, oh, okay, like I wonder if he's here yet. We didn't have like American phone plan, so it was hard to text. And then we're pulling up to the the spot that we thought it was him, and it was like a scene out <laughs> scene out of a movie. Like it's like this wasn't a very good part of town where the train station came through, and yeah. he, here's Davy like looked like a scene at an eight mile. Davey's walking <laughs> through it with his khakis on his Timberland boots. He's got a, he had a, I think he had a Nipissing Lakers polo on. He <laughs> <laughs> Lakers winter jacket tied around his waist. And he's just like walking through like with the Trenton or die. Yeah. Like, on. and he just, and he's just walking towards us in the middle of New Jersey. And I like scream laughing as the train door opened and he just like crawled onto the train. We we're like, where did you just come from? And he's like, man, I just walked through the neighborhood of the train stop. Like it was no big deal. I was like, man, like salty. Like I'm not even joking. Like we're not stressing how short minute we invited him. We were like at the train station and we saw, we passed through Trenton and we were like, Hey, should we just text baby? And 15 minutes later he was there. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. So we go to New York. He comes with us. We have a great time. And um, we wake up early, really early, because our plan was to just get a good day of like seeing all the sights. We were going to go out for some food and stuff the night before, have a good time. And yeah. then the next day is when we were to do our sightseeing. So we wake up. It must have been like 630 in the morning. And Davey just throws on his stuff and just is like, okay, guys, I got to go home. And we're like, what? He's like, peace. And he just shuts the door on us and just wa- walks home. And like it was, like, and it took us like to get to where he would have been would have been like a good three hour trek. And he just went solo. Walking oh through the metro hallways, stations, trainways of New York City like a boss. I don't even think he had any money on him either. I think. Oh my god! I think he just walked. Yeah, he just. I don't even know what he did. He just somehow got home. We, he just, and then he called us like six hours later. He's home. <laughs> we have got to get him on and get him to yeah, talk about his side of the story. He might be the most interesting student that ever attended this institution. <laughs> <laughs> he's almost the president. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say, get him on to talk about running against Dan Goulard. <laughs> We get both of them on at the same time. We should, oh my god, we should do that. That'd be funny. amazing. That would be great. Um, yeah. So we then so going on back to cutting back into the story of uh, of Davy there. Yeah. Davy heads out middle of the uh, New York City. Gone. We don't know where he goes. We wake up, struggle bus. We get going. Um, we start. Uh, we get a little bit of food into us, and we get down to Chinatown. Get Nathan some sunglasses because he wasn't being too straight, and then. <laughs> So yeah, like, you know, like every big city has like merchants and stuff. So we were going to um, go see the ones in Chinatown, like I said, before we hit up Wall Street. And yeah. we uh, just got some sunglasses or whatever. And we're walking down in New York and we're in Chinatown. All of a sudden, this guy comes right up to Glasser and just barks at, like essentially barks in his face, like a dog. Like I've never seen this before. And this is my first true New York experience. He goes, he goes to Glasser, you ever had a Rolex? 
Gloucester goes, nope. And he's like, 200 bucks, you can have a Rolex. Gloucester just barks right back at him. More confidence I've ever seen in my life. How about 40? But he just goes, deal. <laughs> and he's like, wait here. Wait here and give me five minutes. Five minutes tops. And this guy just turns his back on us and sprints. Just starts sprinting down this busy New York street. And then immediately, Gloucester starts ten. Blaster starts panicking. He's like, man, what if he goes and gets a bunch of his buddies and they come back and beat the wheels off us? So then he gets us all panicking. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Time out. Throwing him under the bus. No. <laughs> Essentially, we all start panicking, thinking that we're going to get the wheels beat off us by some New York mafia members or something. So right. we just start sprinting into the streets of Chinatown and we just. <laughs> just ran away from him anyway enough of that i gotta then we go make our way finally to wall street unscathed and we see another street merchant it's literally like our it's like we've been going at this for an hour we're planning like a 10-hour day of going around glasser sees another street merchant after already getting a pair of shades and they know like the classic new york picture of like all the boys having lunch on that steel bar hanging off like i don't know what building they were making yeah yeah yeah. empire Empire state State building Building. yeah yeah Yeah. everyone's seen it so we see that you can probably get it at every step of the way in new york (laughs) glasser's like i gotta have this i actually (laughs) gotta have this three foot canvas painting and he and he gets it and he just so then we're we're starting our tour of the day and so the rest of the day we go like 10 hours and he's walking around this thing yeah yeah we run the metro train and he's just walking around the whole day with this three foot painting this horizontal painting under his arm it was so inconvenient we're trying to like get on busy metro trains he's like holding this painting above his head that's amazing we, we should have been a professional tour that day so the four of us laker boys we went and we saw we went to Chinatown. We went to Wall Street. We went and saw the Freedom Tower. So then we saw Ground Zero. Jeez. We went and rode the Metro to Times Square again. We went and saw the Rockefeller Building. Uh, we just saw a lot. And I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm going to Central Park. Like I could just keep going. We just buzzed around that tower. Ground That's wild. For the the yeah. Twin Towers is really cool too. Yeah, we saw like it was it was a cool time. And that was all yeah. a little reading week trip. So anyways, I was actually. Um, just watching uh, this is something i wanted to go into and i'm glad i actually thought about it uh, when we were doing this podcast but just the other day i was uh, watching tv and um, going through the sports channels and they had on the uh, u sports um, national basketball championships and uh, they were showing the women's games and they had this unbelievable feature on an athlete uh, her name was uh, uh it was kaylianne gaudreau and she played for uh, university of laval basketball player defensive player of the year whatnot i won't go too far into what the actual feature was about but what i want to say was it was really well done and it and it it essentially just was her showcasing like how how amazing use her experience has been in youth sports and obviously having that experience from ncaa that comparison she kind of went into that and like kind of her own take on her perception of youth sports and like how other people see it and like you know it made me think and it's something that i think a lot of us talk about and i don't know if, if you know how this pertains to other sports but especially for hockey and and then i've had this conversation with other athletes at the school just just in general like almost the disrespect i, I would classify it as disrespect that the youth yeah. gets i guess like you know there's no there's really no like coverage of it like no one seems to really care and i think it's an absolute shame because these are really high level athletics and you know we give so much credit to do south to like the ncaa and the programs they have down there and Maybe because we see that camaraderie and all like the, you know, how many, you know, the fans they get to these the, events. The culture, yeah. It's it's a culture down there. Kids are raised generation, generation to like teams. Like the, we got like college football is bigger than the NFL. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the big difference, I think, for you sports is 
take take North Bay for example. There is not one person in the city of North Bay who is a diehard Nipissing Lakers fan. I wouldn't say there's well, you know, the, there's, people could people could argue that, but come on. But I know what you mean. Like not not at the same you level. Go to any place in Florida or yeah. in the U.S. with a Division One any team, they're going to be diehard fans who will go to every single game, watch every single game, no matter what. Literally. Yeah paint their houses do whatever like there's just not that fandom here you well, know and we, i think that's what it is even we like quick example cut off boys go down to lake superior state play an ncaa d1 program and both games were there like two and a half hours early before the game there's already fans in there flipping us the bird in the stands like telling Jeez. us off like they're, they're already there banging the drum like i was like this is crazy it's an exhibition game and like the, the place was packed like i just like and I'm not saying that, like, I, I think every game should be packed and, like, you know, we should be selling out stadiums and be getting the publicity at NCAA. But I just find, like, you go on TV during the day on certain sports channels and they got, like, ping pong qualifying regional tournament playing. I'm like, why wouldn't you throw on, like, a rerun of a basketball, soccer, volleyball, any football, like, all these, like, you have these yeah. amazing sports <clears throat> being played in your country. Like, no one even cares about, like, I don't know, for example, like, I found this funny. Like, we're playing, um, we're playing uh, Three Rivers, the school from over there in Quebec, and they're unbelievable. We're playing this team with uh, nine plus guys that had eighty over eighty points in the Quebec Major Junior League. They went over to start their season, played five or six games against pro top level, top like top league pro teams. Guys making like two hundred k plus a year to play hockey. They go over there and play them, and they go five and one, win five games against like really like good pro hockey teams and they're coming into the gardens playing us and we got like a hundred people in the stands watching so how do how like if i were to be a devil's advocate how do you create that like where is what's the biggest thing would it be tv rights would it be uh like getting more of like the kids out to build that culture like how do you try and create that from well i know i'm just saying there's a lot of people trying to answer these questions and we're, you know just what was it last year when they rebranded as u sports like that's yeah. part of it they're trying you know what was the cis before the canadian interscholastic school league like, exactly like we got it they got to so, sell it i better. think i think it's salty it's just it's almost like an an unattainable goal you know because like yeah. for ncaa <clears throat> in the states that's been going on since like the 50s you know what i mean like yeah, there yeah. are people well, who so is canadian athletics and university though like you can, like i'm not saying to compare to that degree but i know what you're saying but, but like, like tv can't... rights you know what i mean no, like, I know. Like the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like those things, like millions of people have been watching for over 50 years. Oh, no doubt. And and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I'm, and that's not an argument at all. Like, and that's one thing, too. I don't think – like obviously we're going to directly compare ourselves with the NCAA because – But you can't. But that's you what can't. I'm saying. You can't compare U Sports to NCAA. It's, it's a totally different ball game. And But the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is – and. And the NCAA is very strong, but I think in terms of uh, programs that go down there and, and, and show it, show what we can do, I think you know, we're at we're at par, you know, for mm-hmm. sure with NCAA schools. Absolutely. Like you look yeah. at Carlton's basketball program goes down there and oh, mashes Final Four March Madness teams for a joke. Yeah. Like absolutely. No, no, it's not that. the it's not the competition at all. U sports is such a high competitive level in every single sport that they have. Like that's not it. It's just getting people to pay attention to it. To care that's about the, it. That's the that's the toughest thing, and and that it has to be a culture, and that's just not a culture here. You're, I think the biggest thing would be the TV rights, and there was a TV channel. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember the score before it came into like the Sportsnet three hundred and sixty or whatever. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the score was huge on that. They had a lot of basketball or basketball and football games. And Tim McAuliffe, the guy was like doing Tim and Sid now, and obviously they're a lot bigger. But at the time, he was just making a podcast, and he was uh, like the play-by-play for a lot of these games. And he would put it on the score. And that's how honestly, that's how I heard of the CIS first. Like I would watch these games on the score and the stuff like that. But and that got cut off completely. And I don't know why there hasn't been any type of uh, TV. You know what I mean for for any of the U sports because I feel like especially people they know they would know the players a lot more too, right? To be more tuned to watch it. Um, whereas like NCAA, you might know one or two guys from, you know, hearing all oh, like this guy has brothers with my buddy that played here and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I feel like if TV kind of legitimizes the sports too. Um, but I, I mean, you have to think they've thought about doing that. So I don't know why they, it hasn't been done. Well, it's obviously tough too, though. Like there are tons of like that. We are still talking about Canada. Like we are talking about the States. Like you said, 300 million yeah. people in the States as opposed to like just over 30 in Canada. But it's so it, spread out, man. And there are a lot of schools. Like you look at like just like I don't know, I'll give an example, like OUA hockey, there's like nineteen teams. Mm-hmm. So if you try to put nineteen teams televised, like how are you gonna have an audience to watch that? That's the problem. Yeah. And there another thing with I don't know, and this is uh speaking on obviously I'm just gonna test the hockey, like for example, U Sports hockey has a lot to deal with because there's so much hockey in Canada. They cover so much of the NHL, mm-hmm. there's major yeah. junior there's this, there's that, there's, you know, Spengler Cup, there's international Absolutely. hockey. Like, it's hard to it's hard to keep your mind attached to all these things and care about so many things at once when there's so much going on in this day and age. Well, I, I think what it starts with, too, is just getting fans to the game. People aren't going to watch something on TV if people aren't even at the game. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I a, that. That, that's a big thing, too, is getting fans. Because I'll tell you what, in my time playing in the OUA, at least for hockey – I can count on one hand how many times there were actual like people in the stands watching in any rink, and then it, no matter what rink, I mean, it, nobody goes to watch, and if no one's going to pay attention in real life, why would someone watch on TV? Well, it's tough too, and like the Lakers hockey in terms of that, we actually get pretty good fans in, in terms of league average, but in our huge forty-two hundred seat barn, it looks like there's no one there. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's different, and then I don't know. I think like it is. Like, I know what you mean by it's tough to sell when there's no one in the stands. Like, they just rebranded as U Sports. The first event U Sports gets, the big calling of U Sports coming out with this new branding plan. Haven't really heard much since. And that was the Vanier Cup last season. They have it televised. I forget where it was. The place was empty. There was no one there. This is like the Vanier Cup, like the Super yeah. Bowl of um, athletics in like the Vanier Cup you could argue would be the national championship that's the most popular in youth sports by far, I would say. Yeah. That to, the general, to the general public anyways. And that's something people only really talk about once a year. And But at the time, they put it on youth sports, and I'm sure a lot of people are watching it, but there's no one in the, there's no one there. Mm-hmm. Like, fill the barn up. Like, give tickets away if you have to. I don't know. I, and then I'm not trying to, like, I'm, I am a youth sports I mean, athlete. I'm a member just of youth sports. Just to go for, saying, like, the like, movie Semi-Pro. I mean, you got to get fans in the stadium. You got to get people in the stands, Jackie. Yeah, free corn dogs. If that's what you got to do, you got to do that. Yeah, and like we, and obviously with the the NU crew and everything that we're trying to build there with the university, um, that's our goal too. But it's it's tough. It's not the same, like you said, it's not the same culture in the states. But if you can find a way to get people in those stands, I mean, it's the right, it's a step in the right direction. But how do you do it? Yeah, I think it's all just creating that. Like exactly, start with the fans, and everything else will come. It's culture. I agree with that, hundred percent. You got to start with something that people want to be part of, and that's got to be the Laker name and U Sport name, your school name. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, we it starts with people like uh, really taking pride in you know where they go to school, and 
well, I think it, the school should start doing more stuff in the city, you know? Like, what stuff does, does Nipissing really do to get the city involved in? We, I think we should do... We should be, like, trying to get more events we going. We did one in. food drive. We should get a big event going, like, this weekend, for example. Like, it's the uh, St. Paddy's Day, you know? It's, yeah. a, it's a weekend people look forward to. And I, I know I hear a tale of a lot of people, head, you know, heading out to hang out in different towns, and, you know, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think we should be trying to promote events to, you know, kind of keep students getting together and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I think creating that culture kind of all comes back to creating that experience that youth sports is, you know, looking for as well. And hopefully this podcast helps create some sort of a culture. And I don't know, I think that that does, you know, gives people something to listen to, and that's why we created the show. And I don't know, I think this is just something that a lot of people, like, I don't think we put much thought into it. I think it's something that we just brush aside that youth sports just won't catch on. And I think that's, I think that's not, that's just a terrible way to look at it in my opinion. And it frustrates me because uh, there's a great product here. That's just not being, it's just not being it's appreciated a, the right way. So we got to find out how to have it appreciated the right way is what I'm saying. Cause we're very fortunate to have the level of sport and the opportunity to continue sport through school. Like we do. I mean, absolutely. U Sports is the hidden gem of the sports world, for sure. I would have to say, I'd agree. Like you look, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Alone, um, like uh, there was multiple. Like the, I, I think it was really cool that they had that. Like they had Duke come up and play. Like Ryerson came up and mm-hmm. I saw. Did they play Carlton? They didn't. No, they didn't. They're scared, no. probably. The, oh, imagine that. That would have been unreal. No, if Duke now. lost to them, oh my god. It would be cool kind of to see the level between like the, I know that like Carlton goes down there sometimes and like uh, I'm sure some of the hockey teams go down there as well. But if there was a tournament every year for like, I don't know, the top four teams from, from the States and Canada, like how would Canada stand like rack up with that? Yeah. Depend, depending on the sports, obviously like football would be really, really tough to compete. In, yeah. Anyway, well, they're but... talking about the biggest, like the football Mecca of the world. Yeah. Know? I think maybe football and basketball, it, it would be a uh... basketball. though. Carlton can hop right in there with anyone. Yeah. But dude, you're talking about like Zion Williamson, man, that guy single handedly probably could score 40 points. He like, that guy Where, brings that, in that guy brings in thirty three hundred dollar ticket prices to yeah. an NCAA basketball game and people they got pay him, yeah like pay to see that. That's the thing you don't have guys in youth sports who are like that who have that it factor. You just yeah, that's guys fair. Who are really good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure there are guys that have that it factor in youth sports though. There's got to be guys who's like Zion Williamson or someone like that. Okay, well, maybe not Zion Williams, but like I'm sure, like, you know what I mean. But like, that's just. I think I, I agree. I think it, it, I'm all for more games against NCAA programs. I love that. Like, a, I mean, I think it's a good test for, you know, and, and something and, that we take pride in. I, and I'm sure that U sports and NCAA, you know, those games are big games. They circle on their calendar. Like, you don't you want to beat them and they want to beat us because, you know, you want to, you want to prove who's supreme. And I think too, you yeah. know, when it comes to athletes, I think sometimes in the States, like a lot of the basketball players, football players, they're just like hungrier to make it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like uh, a lot of times, like, just the living in some areas in the States is a lot tougher than it is living in Canada. So they're just will to work harder and do that is is also more of a motivation factor. I don't know if that's... Oh, I know. I, I completely understand that. Like, absolutely. And it's it's one of the big topics in soccer, too. Like, obviously, some of the countries that aren't as fortunate as us and people, like, literally, that's their ticket out of there. And, I mean, yeah, I completely understand that. But at the same time, I think, like, for, like, the... U.S. sports, like NCAA and stuff, they 
the the dream is is legit like when you're playing ncaa basketball or football and stuff like people are looking at you and like you you can aspire to actually be there for us canada like it just sometimes it feels like it's it's almost impossible just because that um that spotlight isn't there on you but if it, if there's a way or anyway like i don't know how or why or you know what i mean like how to make that happen but if we could i feel like the, the sport would keep growing yeah well i think it's important to grow Definitely. the sport in your own soil too and this is one, and this is that. This is true for every single sport. I think in that U sport offers every one of them. I think if uh, you're an athlete growing up, and unfortunately this is just the way it is, and this is actually how people perceive it, and especially like every sport. Like I can imagine, like the if you're gonna be if you want to be the best basketball player and you want to take the best route you can, you're probably looking to go NCAA because you think that's the best route to the best possible level you can play. RJ Barrett and yeah, RJ Barrett, yeah. So and and then you got guys like so th- then you take the hockey perspective think about it in Canada like if you're you're trying to play either major junior hockey to try and you know make pro hockey make the NHL whatever you want to do or yeah. you're going to try and play junior A hockey and you're going to try and get a scholarship to go to the states those are the two high level options you have in Canada as a hockey player but it's like it, it's it's in the states too those are your options yeah those those are your options for sure you have the same options but. Like the CIS is like an afterthought in that. It's like, okay, well, I want to play major junior. That's great. I'll pursue that. I want to try and play pro hockey, but I have that, you know what, if it doesn't work out, I'll play U sports. I'll activate my scholarship money and I'll do that. And that's what it seems like. Unfortunately, that's like the mindset. It's like, this isn't like, it's like guys don't like push. Like It's like, this isn't like, oh my God, I want to make the U sports because that's going to get me to the next level. So I don't know if that adds to the perception of where people see, I don't know. It's just frustrating to me because we're developing these kids to like get good at sports, to go succeed in the NCAA. I think that's wrong for any sport. Every, well, the players that we're talking about, the ones who really want to make it and and are at the top, they want to be in the spotlight. That's what it is. That's how you get seen. You go in the spotlight. So they're going to the U.S. not because the like the basketball or something's better, but because more people are going to see them. Yeah, like, exactly. Can you argue though that like currently like there are players that like make it routinely? Like you look at like right now Derek Ryan on the Calgary Flames. He's a third line center. Joe he, Ward. He played four years CIS hockey for University of Alberta. Granted, unbelievable program. And then you got Joel Ward. Joel Ward, same thing. Four years played. And they've gone on to make legitimate full careers in the NHL. And there are examples of that. Like, who is that fella? He played for like University of Regina Rams. He was like a he was like a defensive tackle or something. He's in the NFL now. Oh, you know yeah, who I'm talking yeah, I about? Know who you're talking about? I don't know his name though. But he got drafted right out of the right out of Can West, and now he's playing in the NFL. Like, oh yeah, there no there there are people who get drafted to the NFL out of Canada for sure. Is there any basketball players that play? I don't know because basketball, you only have two rounds. Basketball, that's so, a tough sport yeah. to make. It is, yeah. Really I'm sure there's guys that have gone through through like free agency, maybe in like they're definitely in the G League and stuff, uh, or in Europe. Like I know some of the like, like the Scrub brothers ended up in Europe and stuff and played on the national team for a little bit too. Um, but let me throw this out there: in the states, you have the possibility of a full ride where the top players need. In Canada, you don't. That's a great point too. But school, is there, school's not fifty thousand dollars a year though either. That's what, and that's what I mean. So why is it that? But that's it's not just school, man. Like their living expenses are paid, their yeah. food, everything's paid. Yeah, but NCAA is a business to the point that they can generate money to be able to provide that. Exactly. So how does how does U Sports do that and then be able to retain their players? Like let's say a guy like R.J. Barrett 
let's say for some reason he wasn't sure where he wanted to go. Not that he, you know, even thought about it, but probably. Oh, that kid. Sorry. Yeah. What am I talking? Yeah. So if let's say he had the choice, even if he wanted to stay in Canada, it'd be more expensive for him to play in Canada where he grew up in. And I know he, you know, he did a lot of stuff in the States and like, um, probably went to prep school and stuff. But even if he wanted to stay in Canada, it'd be more expensive for him to play in Canada than when he'd be in the States. Well, that's true. It's just like, I don't know, there's obviously a lot that goes into it. And there's not like really an answer per se, but like there's just yeah. things that I think need to be talked about. And this is somewhat of a conversation that I don't think from our level, like our age, like we don't, I think people like comprehend it when they, it's after the fact's gone, you know, it's something that I don't think uh, people our age talk about it a lot in the, in the terms of the state of youth sports in Canada. And I think there's a lot to develop there. And I, th- I don't know, I hope us us even talking about it i think is a step for like more people like looking to find solutions and what u sports can do to become more of a prominent organization in canada because i think it really should be and i think it's kind of like a we're just not utilizing a great resource in terms of unbelievable athletics and you know an opportunity to showcase that absolutely whatever platform that may be but i just think i don't know whatever to get more of a conversation going and i think needs to be done exactly like even if I think this is just a bit more noise on it, you know what I mean? Or just a bit more respect through through the, the leagues and the different sports and stuff, like just something. But I will say it is getting better, like from when I even started playing and from when I was a kid and stuff, it is getting better, but it's not at the level where it should be or it doesn't get the enough respect that it deserves. No, and I, I 100% agree, but like I also have like – we can't – go and say this and like expect that we're going to get like national coverage on sports net you yeah. sports like it's not about that but like do you not find that for like even for like local stations like why isn't there not more local coverage but like, man like even if you're comparing like even if you go like tsn versus espn like espn is so much bigger man well like, yeah it's it's america they, that's, that's what i'm saying man. they have more money to advertise like it just comes down to just being bigger and having more money but like even TSN for us or Sportsnet would be massive. If you can get ten to fifteen game package a year for every sport in the in the U Sports, this it would blow up. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like why don't they try to make like an OUA Sports Network or like an U Sports Sports TV show and like why don't they try to make money off that? I know it's a great question because it's it's free money. That's why NCAA makes so much money because they don't pay your athletes, right? Like. I, I don't know. And then you don't have to pay the like crews setting all the things up. You could get kids to do the broadcasting, get the students everywhere and stuff. Like mm-hmm. you just totally make you can set up a program to be ran by students through extra credit. Absolutely. You don't have to pay anyone. You yeah you're right. I don't like. I don't know where it breaks down because to me it's almost a no brainer because as soon as you get on TV, then like I said, it legitimizes the sport. Kids can see you on TV and like, oh, I want to go to that game. You know what I mean? It's just like the the OHL. The, the you're saying the product's most likely better than the OUA, but the big names and people get talked about on TV, so kids want to go see the ones that get talked about on TV. Well, exactly. But they also like the CHL and Major Junior in Canada is very well marketed. Like it's very well marketed. Like yeah. you make these kids seem like they are on like absolute legendary like they make them yeah they make them seem like they're in the nhl when they're just essentially kids 16 to 20 years old and then so obviously you know it doesn't get that spotlight in u sports so a lot of people don't even know what u sports is like i get it all the time in town like people asking me questions like oh like are you gonna try and play for the battalion after i'm like no i'm like i'm six (laughs) years old these kids that are playing the battalion i played major junior hockey six years ago (laughs) like i could beat the wheels off six year ago me yeah. I can skate circles around that kid who played major junior back then. Like, that's the way I look at it. So, like, I don't know. Like, 
I just, there's, it's just like, a, and it's just something that's just, unfortunately, it's just going to be the way it is in certain stances, but, you know, it's frustrating when, you know, people don't give credit to, an, you know, to, an, to a really high level thing that they don't realize is happening right in front of them. And that's just sport wide. I think there's a lot going on in, in youth sports that doesn't get credit. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. we're even, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. Um, I think we're even lucky too, because we're at university where a lot of the um, higher up executives agree with our with the conversation we're having right now and they try to do everything they can to get more people out there and you know they'll put the money and they'll invest it and we're lucky to have uh such an awesome overhead of people looking after us and like you'll see them at the games more than anybody else you know what i mean so uh, oh, yeah. that being the said like are involved with the school are definitely very 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 good to our athletic programs definitely yeah. dedicated for sure yeah i think um I don't know. This might be an absolute shot in the dark, but like, if you, if in terms of like, whereas I think as us as a school can go and help in this in terms of youth sports, getting like promotion and whatnot, like we all look towards like immediately when we want that, we don't get that mainstream, like, you know, we don't get the mainstream, I guess, uh, accreditation that we think we deserve. So like we look to things like sports net and the score and CBC and ESPN, yeah. why are not talking about us? But like, I don't know. It's got to start way below that and it's got to start with us like getting more social media involvement for games and it's yeah. got to start like that and you got to create your own network to be something that people will watch and i think that'll start with us here on the lake show no but <laughs> it just starts like it starts really small and that's how you're gonna do it's gonna start with us doing more social media and, and like there's things that we can do from a small level and that's how it's gonna have to happen because i don't think uh us waiting for a nationwide coverage is coming anytime soon so that's the way i look at it anyways I think that's a perfect way to, end, to wrap that up, man. Well said. Absolutely. So what I'm going to say is let's all get a little more involved here and have some more fun together. You know, we're all, we're all at school to have a good time. It's only going to last a couple of years. So while you're at Nipson, get involved with the school and, you know, let's have, let's get a student body that's uh, we can be proud of. And, and I definitely already am. I definitely am a Laker. I'm proud to be a Laker and I love it Laker here. for life. Spent the last uh, two straight years here. Haven't even gone home. So I've had a great time here and I hope everyone else is proud to be a Laker as I am and uh, hope that we can continue on uh, bringing that through on, uh, you know, as time goes on. 100%. I think uh, I love the debate we had and hopefully we can keep that going as well in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, not a lot of sports are happening right now, so we'll have a lot of time to discuss and we say it every episode. If you have anything to say or anything to add, man, we want to know, like, let us know what you think and we can talk about or have you on. Like we would love to have people on talk about either this or different stuff related to youth sports. Absolutely. Another uh, great thing that the school has been starting to do actually is that more than an athlete post that they've been making about our athletes in Nipsing and uh, our boy Harps, he was actually on it this week. Uh, congrats Harps. And as I was reading this, you know, thank you for the shout out, by the way, it's been awesome to the podcast as well. And then I kept reading and it was talking about, well, yourself and Glass are starting a hot dog vending business. Can you guys jump in on that? Glass, I'll ask you first, see what your thoughts are on that and kind of give us a, a breakdown of what happened there. Um, it's definitely top five colossal failures failures of my life. I mean, uh, we, we didn't even sell one hot dog. We didn't, even get we, didn't, we didn't even buy a cart, actually. We just wasted $80 on getting a license, and that's about it. <laughs> so, um. We were, we were just throwing the football around and, you know, we were kind of thinking that when you're at the boat and the bar, you know, closes. The, bo the boat. If anyone knows, don't know, the boat, North Bay, the one down by the water. Yeah, the bar. Uh, when it closes, you know, you're, everyone's kind of stuck there waiting for a cab. Like nothing's really going on. It's just a crowd of people. So we were hoping to, you know, get a hot dog stand there and, and keep the party going, get some music and it it ended up being like forty five hundred dollars with insurance, and it was just too high of a of a startup cost for us. So we had to let that dream 
dream uh dream down. But like we did get we did get pretty close. Like so when we when it happened, like we were talking about it and and we just kind of had this idea and then we were talking about like originally like because Glasser's from the states, so he doesn't have he has a student visa, he doesn't have a working visa, so he yeah. couldn't work more than nineteen hours a a week without getting a working visa. So we're like Glasser's like I'm not gonna get a part time job. Like what can we do for money? And we were talking about trying to do like hilarious things like mow lawns or like. I don't know. We'll do anything. We could do anything. Anything to make yeah. money. Anything. Of idea. We're like, what's the easiest business we could possibly start? And then we got to the conversation. We looked into it a bit. And we were like, hot dog vendor. 100%. And <laughs> I love meat. I'm a bit of a connoisseur. And if you didn't know that about me, I'm, I, I, know, I know my meat. And uh, I thought that we would be the perfect pair to do it. And I thought we could make our own hours and take over the Northern Ontario street meat scene. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But it was hilarious. So we... We literally went to city hall and like, we told them what we were doing and they're like, are you serious? And like the lady had to like dig into like some catacomb filing cabinet to find a license. Oh, sheet yeah. to sign. Oh my God. And then we went up and we got the business license. We made the business called Lake dogs. D U G Z if you will. <laughs> the Z makes it perfect. Z makes it more personal. Just for the fans. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we wanted to call it Lake dogs and like make it like, I don't know. We just, we thought it was going to be like a, an absolute home run. We thought it was a gimme, but then we got into it a little bit more. We needed like insurance for like a million dollars. So where do we go? We go straight to the source. Our man, Timmy Hutchinson, finance professor. Best nice. in the game. The man, Best in the, game. the man, anyone in the business program. Be sick how you guys can actually just go up to one of your profs about this stuff. Like that's, that's what that's we unreal. were saying, bro. We popped in. We just popped in. We didn't have a meeting. We, we literally just looked up this thing on Google and just went there. It was yeah. It was unbelievable. We're at City Hall and they're telling us that we need insurance. So we're like, okay, like how do we get insurance? And then we're just like, oh my god, Timmy Hutchinson runs his own insurance firm in North Bay. <laughs> yeah. So we, we roll over to his place. We go right up to the front desk lady and we're like, hi, we're here to see Tim Hutch, CFO. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, um, I think he's here. Give me one second. And then he, all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, come with us. And we're like, where else would you be able to go and talk to a guy that quick? So we go in there and start talking to Tim, Timmy Hutch. Absolute beauty. Great guy. Huge shout out to Tim. Hopefully he somehow hears about this, that we're saying this. Shout out to him. He's an absolute beauty. So he goes out there and he got us an unbelievable quote and insurance. Unfortunately, it was a lot more than we thought it was going to be. And then by the time we got a cart and we were trying to look into inventory and stuff, it was going to be a little bit more of an investment than we thought we could handle. And then we actually were in words. We were trying to get a sponsor. We were trying to get with a company so that we could just like sell their product and like hopefully get some like, like get a cart to use under their name and stuff. And, yeah. and that dream unfortunately died as well. So we still have the license for a couple more months. If, it, if there's any investors listening, we have uh we have a good business plan. We just don't have uh, the means to make it happen. Yeah, uh, Mark Cuban. I'm not sure if you're listening to this episode, but uh, I'll put my number out and get in contact with us. Definitely something that should be pitched on Shark Tank for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We should make a Shark Tank type episode. Just get a bunch of people on, try and see if they could sell to, to like the public. We should. We that should. Would be a great idea. There's a lot of people at Nebson. I think they can sell things too. I think so. That'd be an interesting oh, yeah. thing to do. We should definitely get that going. Call it the Hustling Corner. The Hustlers Corner. <laughs> Every <laughs> episode, have somebody come on. Universe. You gotta tell us about your hostel, your side hustle at university. That'd be a, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Ah, seriously, honestly, it's the best time to try and do this too. That'd be cool if we did that. I think we should definitely do that. Do like yeah. a because there's some people probably doing hilarious things for money. I bet you there's some people streaming their video games here and they're making coin for it and stuff. Oh, like, absolutely. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, it's definitely cool here. I like, and this is a great platform for people to just come on and tell us about what they're doing. We need. 
we need interviews every week. We want to have guests on. So we keep saying this every week. If you want to come on, come on. We will, uh, we will make it happen, especially, in, like you said, not only in like Nipsing, but in the North Bay community, too, if we can get that going, <clears throat> even better. Thanks for having me on, boys. Always. No. Maybe we'll get uh, Nathan being maybe a little bit of a reoccurring guest. I think so. I think uh, that would be a really good thing to have and to keep him around for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll check my schedule. <laughs> See how many hot dog stands are around. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening to the 13th episode of The Lake Show. I am having a great time doing this. Me and Salty, thank you so much for getting involved with us and joining this little journey we call The Lake Show. So, folks, without further ado, we're going to send it off here. Hope to hear from you next week as the semester drags on. So make sure you are studying. Hopefully we get some nicer weather here. And again, thanks for listening. Like, comment, download, and subscribe. Folks, it's The Lake Show. What else do you want to know? Stay steamy. We didn't have any sneakers. There was only one kid in the neighborhood that had a pair of sneakers. His name was Rudy. I'll never forget it. Rudy came running by us so fast. <laughs>